Okay, we have a huge favor to ask of you. We really love doing this podcast, and we work really hard. We get paid nothing. (laughs) This is not something we make money with. No, seriously. So reviews and ratings are like the currency of podcasting. Like if you are enjoying this or even mildly like us, please (laughs) go and give us a review and a rating. We just need a little bit of feedback so that other young listeners can find us. Yes, it is seriously like our payday when we get a review from you guys. We read them. We talk to each other about it. It means the world to us. So if you don't mind just giving us a quick little message about anything that you've learned or enjoyed, that would be amazing. We love you guys, and we're so thankful that you're here listening with us. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Hey everybody, how's your summer going? We are just enjoying being with our families and we've been so crazy busy, so we have loved using these encores to show you guys some other episodes that are from kind of the beginning of when we started. Some of our favorite ones that we loved doing and learning from. And some of your favorites. So a lot of these are like our top listens or ones that we've had lots of comments about. This one's one of my favorites. It's one that you did with your husband, Dan. And it's just fun listening to the two of you and has some super great points. So I personally, this is one of my favorites. Well, thanks. It's when I really think I started getting comfortable (laughs) doing the podcast. For sure. And I feel like I can really hear that in this episode too. Like you just were like, yeah, I am doing this thing. So it it was like... The commitment was there. (laughs) Yes, it was great. And it was really fun to do it with my husband, Dan. I... Normally, I'm like, he's good at everything, but this one I'm going to catch him at because podcasting is harder than you think. It really is. Like, it takes, there's a little bit of a learning curve. For sure. And so I thought, ooh, he's going to struggle. Oh, no, he was such a natural, (laughs) and he was so good, and he, he didn't fumble over his words and have to edit anything out like I did. But But to be fair, he did prepare this subject as a talk for church so he was very comfortable with the subject that is so true and the delivery so and he already was able to present that talk so yeah he did awesome though and it was just really fun to listen to you guys and I hope you guys enjoy it because it's really just a great principle to remember with anything it's so applicable to everything in your life so I think that it's a great one and we hope you enjoy it This is episode 39, the encore episode of Small and Simple Things with Dan Beardall. I have an amazing guest for you today. I am excited to introduce you to him. He's on America's Top Hottest list. Wow. Right? Didn't even know. (laughs) He's on Tawny's Hot list. It's my husband. This is Dan Beardall. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. 
So Dan and I have four kids together. I don't know if I've ever said that. And he graduated from the University of Utah with an economics degree. He played football for the Utes, and he is a pretty awesome guy. We've been married for 15 years now, right? Yep. Am I right? Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> Almost 16 in February. And today we are going to be talking about small and simple things together. And to introduce this topic, we're going to tell a little funny story that happened a couple of years ago. Well, we were at the park with our kids and Dan jumps up on the monkey bars and starts just pumping out some pull-ups. And I'm like, hey, I can do that. I was the pull-up queen in junior high. I did more pull-ups than anyone in my whole grade except for one boy. So my mind totally thought I still had it. I jumped up on the bar and I tried to pull my body up. Ugh! Like nothing was moving. I tried again, just seriously struggling. Ugh! And I could not get any higher. My body was not going anywhere. What was happening? So I jumped down and like pure disappointment. And I was laughing because I seriously thought she was just kidding around, like making fun of me. Like, <laughs> Look, I can do pull-ups. <laughs> um, but just struggling, hanging there, no movement. <laughs> and he's like, do it. You can do it. And I'm like, I seriously can't. I was so, like, I tried to laugh it off with him and think it was funny, but I really couldn't do it. I was actually really bummed out about it. This was something that was so simple for me. At one point, I realized that when I was pregnant with our last child, I hadn't even tried to do a pull-up. I don't know, it would probably been a couple years. So I hadn't been putting in the work and exercising these muscles that it would take to complete a pull-up. If we want to be successful at something and complete a goal, we have to be willing to do the small, mundane, and unexciting process that it takes to get to that goal. I knew that I had to get my pull-up back. That was so important to me, and this was going to be my new fitness goal. So I signed up for CrossFit with a friend, and I got to work. Doing a pull-up did not come after first workout. It didn't even come after working at it consistently for a month. I had to put in the time every single day for months. And I specifically remember the day that she came home and said that she was able to do a pull-up all by herself. I did it by myself. <laughs> and she felt like a million bucks knowing that she had put in the necessary work to achieve that goal. And it was something where she didn't see that reward daily. Mm -hmm. um, there were probably a lot of times that she just wanted to quit and say, you know what? It's just a stupid pull-up. Who cares? <laughs> Seriously. I'm never going to get there. But it was the small and simple daily choice to show up, put in the work, do the exercises, do what she needed to do that would eventually compound and lead her to her result of doing a pull-up. Yeah. And as small as it may seem, whether it's doing a pull-up or anything else in life, there are these small and simple steps that it takes to get there and to be successful. And so mm -hmm. when we stop looking for the quick fix or the shortcut, we realize that there really isn't one. There isn't. Um, if, if we're looking for lasting and long-term success. For sure. Success is earned one day at a time. From the moment you lift your head off the pillow, you get to decide if you're going to do the small and simple things that it takes to be successful. It requires deciding one step at a time, one day at a time, one decision at a time. And this moment right now can be significant to your success if you decide that you are willing to commit to your goals. 
Are you willing to do the small things, the daily actions that it takes to get there? So as I was studying for this episode, I found a book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's super motivating, and it talks about how the little decisions that we make every single day turn into the big successes. So for every single super successful person that you know, you can trace back their success to the compound effect. It's about the little choices they've been making throughout their life that have added up to the big successes. We had the opportunity as a family to complete a pretty big service project with a few other families over the holiday break. It actually ended up being a lot more work than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, over the holiday break, probably not great timing, but and I think our kids hated us. They were they were ready to kill us, but. They loved it. Of course, leading up to the holidays, we, like a lot of people, wanted to find an opportunity to serve and also an opportunity where we could teach our children the value of hard work. So Tawny had a great idea where we could kind of kill two birds with one stone, where we would put our kids to work to earn money, and then we would take that money and buy food to provide a meal for folks at a homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. So we kind of put a plan together. We decided we're going to rake leaves, um, which uh, again was a lot of work. Luckily, we were hired by some very gracious people that overpaid us. (laughs) And when they found out what we were doing, um, they wanted to contribute and we're so glad that they did. And so we raked a lot of leaves. We earned money to buy a meal for over 200 people. Yeah. Um, and then we had to figure out how in the heck we were going to cook all the prepare food. and cook food for 200 people. Um, but we had a lot of help. And eventually all of that hard work paid off as we were able to go and serve this meal to homeless people at mm. the homeless shelter. And the experience was just incredible. Unforgettable, it? really. It was amazing. And the people that were there were so kind and so gracious. It was a real eye-opener for our kids, but for us as well. It was very sobering and very humbling to see so many people living in such unfavorable circumstances, especially during the winter when it's freezing cold outside. Circumstances much different than ours and circumstances that I'm sure they aren't proud of or are what they had hoped for or dreamed of when they were little kids. And it was hard because not knowing them personally or knowing what their background was, of course, we don't want to judge anybody, but I'm guessing that at some point along the way, there was either a major decision, a major life decision, or maybe a series of smaller decisions that led them down a path that wasn't exactly where they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That happens to all of us. It really does. And I think one of the biggest differences there was that some outcomes are more drastic, are more noticeable than others. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to look back on some of the big life decisions that we have all made that impact our lives. But what's sometimes hard to do is look back and see the impact from some of the smaller decisions that seem to be less impactful, at least in the short term, right? We no doubt give a lot of thought to the big decisions in our lives, but but how much thought do we really give to the little decisions? And more importantly, do we really understand the impact that some of these smaller decisions can have on our long-term happiness? Mm -hmm. I really like a quote by Wayne Dyer, who's a famous American author, and he very profoundly said that our lives are the sum total 
of the choices we have made. And I really believe this is true, but think about what that really means. It means that we act the way that we act. We do the things we do. We believe what we believe. And ultimately, we are who we are because of the choices that we have made and the choices that we currently make in our lives, big and small, all added up together. I love that. I think it's just human nature for all of us to want to focus on these big choices, like what college we will go to, what career we will choose, if we want to play professional sport, or even who we are going to marry. But the reality is that success in all of these areas is not a result of one huge one-time decision. There won't be any overnight success stories in these areas. Success is going to be a result of small, seemingly insignificant moment-to-moment choices over time. We need to break down our goals so we can understand how pivotal these small choices really are. We'll give you some examples. So practicing a musical instrument, and it's pretty ironic that I'm talking about this because I have zero musical talent. <laughs> I think Tony did that That's on purpose. That's not true. <laughs> Um, why couldn't it be an example of like stacking rocks or something like that? <laughs> Very good. Um, so if you have a goal to play at a huge concert hall or master a difficult piece by Mozart, you are not going to be able to accomplish that by just practicing here and there or when you might have a little bit of time. It's going to take putting in the daily, consistent, and laborious work of practice. It's going to require you to be willing to do it every single day, even when you're tired or even when you have too much homework or when you would rather be hanging out with your friends. If you want to achieve that goal, you can. And and a lot of people have and will. You just have to continue to make those seemingly insignificant daily choices to put in the work to achieve that goal. Exactly. And this also is applicable to acing that final at school. If you want to get into the college of your dreams by getting stellar grades, it's not going to come by cramming the night before the big exam. It's going to happen by making it to class each time, putting in the work it takes to do well on the projects, and then studying regularly to take the big final. It will require pushing past the frustration and mundane daily work to achieve the success in that class. This is also very applicable in the sports world as well, which I am much more familiar with. Than <laughs> there <music>. you go. <laughs> so if, if you want to be a standout player on the basketball team or the football team or whatever sport it may be, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a sport, it can be any sort of extracurricular activity If you want to be the one who hits the clutch shot at the end of the game, you've got to put in some serious work, um, either at the gym or on the field. You're going to have to stay later than everyone else. You're going to have to show up early, get those extra shots in. The skills required to stand out above the rest won't come from just doing this once or even every once in a while. The success is going to come from doing this daily. And you know what? Your coaches probably won't praise you every single time. They probably won't even see the extra work that you're putting in. But you know what? They will notice the result. And that Mm -hmm. result will come when the work is put in. The result will always come. There is a difference between knowing this path and actually walking this path. 
We all really do know what it takes to put ourselves above the rest. But are you willing to do it? Are you willing to do it when you don't receive the instant gratification? When you don't notice an immediate result? That instant gratification is really stealing your dreams and hopes for your future. You are going to have to do the extra work when no one else is watching, when no one else is giving you praise, just like Dan said with the coaches. You might not get acknowledged for every practice of your instrument or for choosing the salad over the cheeseburger or saving money for college when you'd rather buy that new pair of jeans. These small, seemingly insignificant decisions when applied consistently, are going to make the difference. We need to be willing to trade the instant reward for the compound reward. Even when it is really hard and everyone else seems to be just having fun, our brains are designed to look for that path of least resistance and to give in. If you want success and the big rewards, you have to do the consistent small things that others aren't putting in the daily work for. And when you think about those small things, those small decisions, there are obviously positive impacts and positive decisions and negative impacts and negative decisions. And so when we're looking at success, not only are the big wins made up of a bunch of little wins, but the big quits or the big fails are made up of a lot of little quits and little Mm -hmm. fails along the way as well. Those quits or those fails that you think, oh, it's okay, it was just one time, or it's all right, I can mispractice once, or whatever it might be. So the compound effect, which is really awesome, works both ways. It's not just about the good effects that happen when we put in the work, but the same theory can also be seen negatively by not doing the small things. Mm -hmm. So... For example, brushing your teeth. So let's just say that you choose not to brush your teeth one night, just one night because you're really tired, you're exhausted, and you just want to go to bed. That choice really doesn't seem significant, and it might not be that one time. If you went to the dentist for a checkup, he most likely would not notice that one time or, or those couple times that you didn't brush or floss your teeth. But through the compound effect of doing that repeatedly, he absolutely would notice. (laughs) It would be hard to hide that. There would be major consequences. Your teeth would slowly break down. The results would not be good. The small daily decision to not brush and take care of your teeth would end up having a major consequence in the long run. Yeah. Now, sometimes our circumstances are affected by the good or bad choices of others, which is why it's even more important to be aware of the potential consequences our decisions, big or small, can have on ourselves as well as others. And I think where we sometimes start to see problems is when we look at everyday decisions as independent of each other. We may see them as too small or insignificant to be important, and seeing them from this point of view means that we're missing the bigger picture. Our everyday decisions aren't isolated incidents separate from each other. They don't exist on an island. They have impact somewhere. For example, if you're trying to lose weight, deciding to eat a donut just once instead of an apple might not have any real long-term negative consequences if, if that was a completely isolated decision. That's a big if. That's a big if. (laughs) 
And if any of you are like me, when I head down to DK Donuts, it's not just one. It's like three or four. <laughs> and likewise, deciding to skip scripture study just once or an opportunity to serve someone because you think you're too busy or you're too tired, these may not automatically disqualify you from getting into heaven. Again, if it was completely independent of any other decisions or your future ability to make a better decision in that same situation. And again, what I think is, is dangerous is the habit that these small decisions can form and continuing to think that the small decisions don't matter because they really do. Rather than working in isolation, our everyday decisions build on each other. They might be small on their own, but they really can build and add up. Well, yeah, think about how many big life decisions you make on a daily basis versus the small decisions. There are way more small decisions than big life altering ones. And these little decisions can even potentially have more impact collectively over time than the major decisions. So I think a huge example right now is social media. Well, the iPhone recently did an update that has a screen time monitor and it tracks everything you do on your phone. Uh, I did not like seeing that. <laughs> It honestly shocked me to see how much time that I spent on my phone. Granted, I do use my phone as a computer a lot, so checking my email and taking care of necessary things. But I was seriously shocked when I discovered how much time I was spending on social media alone. I didn't think this was a big problem for me. I only look here and there for a couple of minutes. But what I didn't realize was how those few select minutes were adding up to a really high accumulative. I started thinking about the goals that I have and what I find important in my life. Did this time spent on my phone help me achieve any of those things? I mean, think of it this way. Let's just say I looked at social media two times a day for 15 minutes each time. I don't really think that sounds too extensive at all. But if we times that by seven days a week, that turns into three and a half hours a week. That doesn't sound great, but not too bad. So how about we multiply that by 365 days? The grand total of that is 182 and a half hours, which actually equals out to be 7.6 days. What? Over 7.6 days of our lives looking at social media. Oh gosh, don't get me wrong. I really do love social media. I love connecting with people. I think there's so many positive things out there that are uplifting and inspiring. And I really like leaving positive and uplifting comments on social media. And I love connecting and staying in touch with the people in my life that I don't get to see regularly and the people I love. I don't think this has to feel like a negative way to spend my time. I just thought this was a great example to show us how the little things really do add up and affect us. I just want us to reevaluate how we spend our time to notice if what we are doing is helping us grow closer to our goals and dreams. Brooke Castile on the Life Coach School podcast did an incredible episode called The Compound Effect. It's episode 236 if you want to check it out. She discusses the same thing, and I really love an example she uses about writing a book. So if I was applying her example here, I could think, if I really wanted to write a book, I could have been spending those small and simple 30 minutes I was using on social media use to be writing just one page of this book a day. 
You could totally write one page of a book a day in 30 minutes, right? So by the end of the year, I could have a 365-page book. I would have written an entire book. And I can't wait to read it. (laughs) One day, maybe. No. Oh, there's a chapter on husbands that stack rocks. (laughs) There will be for sure. Um, That's interesting, and I think it just makes you realize that those small, seemingly insignificant moments of your day really add up and how you might view them differently when you look at that bigger picture and the compound effect of, if I continue to do this every day for the next year or five years or 10 years, Mm -hmm. what's that going to look like as an end result? Is there something different that I could be doing that would yield a bigger benefit or a bigger value compounded over time as opposed to watching hunting videos on YouTube, which (laughs) Tony will tell you I spend three-fourths of my life doing. That's actually why I asked you to do this podcast with me. Uh, This is a confrontation. This is an intervention. Oh, that's the word, yes. I'm just kidding. You (laughs) You guys don't want us to get into that right now. Well, I really wanted to wrap up these thoughts with a quote by a man named Jeffrey R. Holland. He's a leader with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He says, Don't wait to live. This isn't a rehearsal. This isn't a dry run. This isn't a pre-performance routine. This is it. This is real life. Don't wait. Savor every minute. Learn from the past, plan for the future, but the only moment you've got is right now. Don't look back and lament, and don't wait needlessly for the future. Live in the moment and savor it as if it were your last, as if it were your only, as if it were that one moment on which the shadows stand. If you'll do the best you can with each hour of your life, you're going to find at the end that you have had a rich and wonderful experience. I love sports analogies. Um, Having played college football, there was one coach in particular that I had who would always say, if you're not where you want to be, make a change. (laughs) And if we want to change our life's trajectory, we need to start changing our choices. Those small, everyday, seemingly insignificant choices. It does make a big difference. And this will eventually change the entire direction of our lives or has the potential to change the entire direction of our lives. And it will result in the outcomes that we desire, whether it's related to school, to sports, to work, to dating and marriage and spirituality, whatever it might be, nothing that is worthwhile comes easy. Successful people know and have mastered this understanding that small decisions affect big outcomes. So we need to be willing to delay that instant gratification in our lives. It's hard to do, but if you can master that, and when we do that, we will be able to create our own version of this compound effect that we want in our lives and ultimately will help us to become the person that we want to become. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dan. This was my favorite date night I've had in a long time. Mine too. (laughs) I'm sure. So can I go to bed now? (laughs) No. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.